0: Welcome back to another episode of Minds of Medicine, a podcast that delivers physician stories while providing insight into the various fields of medicine. As always, I'm your host, Sonny, and today's guest is Dr. Minaj Kaja, a vascular and interventional radiologist at the University of Michigan. We talk about his journey to IR, the value of the MD-MBA, and hit on key points such as mentorship and exposure to the field. Enjoy, and we hope you learn something. But first, run the intro. Dr. Kaja, I want to just start by thanking you for taking the time to be on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me and uh, inviting me. It's really a pleasure.
0: Of course. Um, so we always start off every podcast with, what are we drinking? And so I'm currently drinking a cup of coffee. <laughs> what do you have in your hand?
1: Uh, I also have coffee black, um, but I'm drinking it in my SIR Foundation Gems cup, which is my favorite one to start the day off with.
0: Just starting off, do you want to tell us a little bit about GEMS?
1: Yeah, the GEMS program uh, from SIR is a really wonderful program for um, uh, uh, minority medical students who may not have an opportunity to experience IR. And it was uh, really spearheaded by a generous donation um, by one of my greatest mentors, Dr. Alan Matsumoto, the chair of uh, UVA Radiology. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's an incredible program, and for anyone out there, we'll drop a link in the bio if you want to learn more about it. Um, But, Dr. Kaja, let's dive right in and and start with what brought you to medicine in the first place.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, You know, I uh, uh, I fortunately grew up uh, with uh, parents who were physicians. Um, both of them. My father was a pulmonologist. Um, my mom was a psychiatrist. So not, we won't go into the mommy issues with the psychiatry, uh, <laughs> psychiatrist mom. But, um, you know, I, I really spent a lot of time actually uh, growing up, uh, sometimes on Saturday mornings, going to rounds with my dad, sitting in a doctor's lounge and, and things like that. Um, and it just some, sounded really interesting to me, you know, um, how involved you are in somebody's life in a, in a way where you're help, trying to help them, hopefully, every time uh, and get uh, benefit to them and their family. And so when I went to uh, college, um, my parents didn't force me into it. But, you know, I liked science. Um, I also liked business. And so um, I think we may talk a little bit about that later. But um, really, it was just being exposed to it and the ability to help people um, and uh, also to teach people.
0: Yeah, there's so much fulfillment in medicine, and it's, it's great that you were able to experience that and, and realize that at such an early age. Uh, when you got to the point where you were interested in, in medicine, how did you specifically find IR?
1: Yeah, so I uh, initially liked uh, interventional cardiology, um, vascular surgery. I was actually turning towards ophthalmology or ENT, and I realized what I was looking at were fields that had a procedural work patient care, um, and uh, I think um, some cool technology in each one of the fields. And so a combination of that, you put that together and you get IR. Um, and on my first uh, first day of third year clinicals, um, I was on neurosurgery and I met the uh, chief resident who took me up to the OR uh, to meet the neurosurgeon who was doing a, a meningioma resection or something. And he said hello to me. Um, I was so nervous first time in scrubs in an <laughs> OR with a skull cut open. And he said, hey, why don't you go down to, uh, uh, downstairs to IR? Uh, some of my friends are uh, doing an embolization on a patient that you're going to um, scrub in with me tomorrow. Oh, wow. So I actually happened to ha- go down to neuro IR where they were doing a preoperative meningioma embolization. And um, I was blown away right then and there. And I said, this is what I want to do. Um, and from there on, I changed my entire uh, curriculum for my rotations. I canceled OPSO and ENT <laughs> electives. And boom, I was in IR. Um, and I had uh, uh, a really great experience.
0: Yeah, that exposure is so key. I feel like so many stories of people specifically in the field of intervention and radiology, but also, uh, you know, fields that medical students typically don't get much exposure to is, you know, from the moment they were able to experience it, uh, they kind of just fell in love. Um, yeah. I remember my first case was actually with you, um, it was with you and Dara. I think it was like 9 PM at night and it was, I was sitting there and it, it was, it seemed simple, but I was just in shock about like what you were all able to do and the breadth of, uh, expertise that you all had. So it's really that initiating factor. Um, what advice do you have for students to kind of get that exposure?
1: Well, I think um, for medical students in their clinical years, you know, IR touches nearly every patient. Um, radiology, the lab, and IR in some way touch nearly every patient in the hospital. And so, when you're on your medical service, you're on your uh, surgical service, you're on peds, you're on surgery, go downstairs or upstairs. And uh, in some cases, uh, where I work now at the University of Michigan, uh, but also at UVA, where I worked recently and trained, um, you know, just follow your patients like you're supposed to do. And then make sure you kind of say, hey, well, they're having a procedure and um, I don't know what this is. So, mosey on down and then you'll find 100 people there eager and willing to uh, tell you about what they do and why we're doing it. And um, I think that's really how a lot of students like yourself really get interested to this. And and, and that's, like you said earlier, really something that's uh, it's just part of our our bones in IR is that we really just love what we do and we love to share it with people.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice, especially for all the third years out there is to follow your patient. You're right. You know, not only does it expose you to new procedures and, and things you may not have experienced, but it also just allows you to get a full picture of continuity of care. Um and so talking a little more about bit more about the field, the training pathway when you were going through it was a little different than what it is now. Can we give everyone a baseline of what it looked like uh at the time you were training?
1: Sure. So um I I trained at a very special place. So I'll I'll start with the the <laughs> standard. Um uh was that you did a uh you applied for radiology and um, diagnostic radiology residency, and then an internship year, either in medicine, surgery, um, or a transitional year. And then you did radiology rotations. you figured out you know what fellowship you want to do, and then you'd apply for a fellowship like an IR. Um, however, now it is totally different. Um, and during my time, there were two or three programs in the country. Um, that were already thinking ahead, Um, and UVA was really one of the the true pioneers in this uh, uh, with development of the the VIR, or the Vascular Interventional Radiology, clinical pathway, which was very integrated in clinical medicine, as well as radiology, as well as um, interventional radiology. And so I had a sort of precursor uh, to the integrated IR residency, which is now the kind of standard uh, mm-hmm. torch bearing uh, residency. It's one of the newest residencies in the country and one of the most popular where you apply directly out of medical school um, and uh, you do a six year uh, program. Um, and many of them include uh, a surgical prelim year uh, like the program that uh, I started at Michigan um, and that uh, is uh, ongoing at UVA, for example, uh, and other many other programs. Uh, and then you do uh, a lot of radiology but you also do a lot of clinical years, um, things that are relevant to your patients. So you understand fully what is going on so you can make more uh, uh, stronger relationships um, with the surgeons, with the hepatologists, the oncologists, um, You know those who are referring you to those patients, you should know their language. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's what really, um, what is uh, transformative about the IR uh, integrated residency and the independent residency is really what was similar to the fellowship year, um, and comes in different flavors. And I'd recommend everyone check out the SIR uh, website for uh, the different uh, training pathways. I may have uh, made that table on there with some help <laughs> when, I, uh, when I was um, part of the group that did that. Um, but there really are different ways to get there. Uh, if you learn later on in the game uh, radiology that this is what you want to do, then you potentially have the early specialization in IR or ESIR as an option. And then you can transition into the independent residency.
0: So my understanding is that you were really pivotal in, in the development of some of those training programs. Can you kind of talk about what went into planning it out and, and how you actually w- were able to um, orchestrate all the moving parts to, to develop it?
1: Well, uh, I, to say that I was uh, pivotal is, uh, is a true overstatement, but it's an <laughs> honor. I, I was um, involved uh, from uh, the RFS standpoint, actually, believe it or not. Um, so again, uh, from the resident fellows and the student section of SIR. Um, but then as I became a faculty member, um, I joined the uh, program director of society, the APDIR. Um, and at that time, Uh, We were really uh, the ACGME and our colleagues uh, in SIR who were really the spearheading leaders um, uh, asked me and uh, a committee that I was on um, to help sort of with the frequently asked questions of ESIR. And they also kind of said, hey, well, how should this look? Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so ESIR is something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I definitely worked on, I actually wrote the frequently asked questions with Dr. Aaron Fishman, who's currently the president of our uh, Program Director Society, um, and happenstance I'm the president-elect of APDIR this year. So um, we worked on that, um, and then afterwards, um, for ESIR uh, and the independent programs, um, you know, I've really, uh, through my role in the APDIR, have been working with other program directors to really uh, make it a, a, a very near, uh, near uh, similar experience to the um, integrated pathway and to get everybody the opportunity to get that same training. Um, and we're still working on that um, even after several years of this program, because it's still a, a baby program.
0: Yeah. And I think the best programs are the ones that are able to adapt and and continuously improve and and take feedback and build from there. Sounds like you've really been involved in a lot of the administrative, a lot of the logistics, a lot of the developmental side of the field. Um, And I know this about you, but you also received your MBA. And I kind of want to talk about how that has contributed to your journey, if, if it has, in your opinion.
1: Yeah, so um, I, I did complete an md MBA program. Uh, it was a five-year program at um, uh, Indiana University for medical school, and uh, in Indiana, the Catholic School of Business um, uh, has a healthcare uh, track, and it added a year, um, and in that track, um, uh, you know, I, I realized, um, uh, thinking back to my childhood, um, when I was around my parents and them, and, and around, they were great with patient care, but they were really not good at managing their practices. I saw all these issues that, like my mom, wasn't ready for her private practice to pay rent and figure out, um, you know, patients and or patients not only but her employees, uh, uh, insurance, and and then also revenues and losses and how to deal with all that. So when I went to college, um, I got a d- degree in economics, and I knew then that uh, I would want to get an MBA. Um, and in that MBA, I think that it really it gives you, during that process, a totally different mindset. So we're all very science-focused. A lot of it is based on books and reading. In medical school, you just you, you do a lot of reading, and you're kind of doing it by yourself. You do that a lot during <laughs> radiology to learn. Um, But you don't learn necessarily fully how to work in a team environment. And medicine as a whole is a team sport um, that really I don't think gets um, taught very well in a lot of avenues. And um, I think that the MBA mindset of working in a team, how to uh, think of processes in different ways, um, operations, how to... Uh, make things more efficient. I think that really, really uh, impacted my um, ability to be involved with a lot of things. Um, it gave me the you know, way to think of how chairmen think, of how CEOs think, uh, um, and and to speak some of their own language.
0: And when you can align your your goals and your objectives with the people that you're pitching, in a sense, um, it just allows you to get things done in a manner that. You know, you may not have been able to previously, um, and it sounds like you still use a lot of that skill set today in your role at Umish. What does a day in your life look like right now?
1: (laughs) Well, today's a day off, um, but uh, uh, generally um, uh, I would say that um, I uh, start my day off uh, with uh, usually a meeting of sorts. Zoom, unfortunately, right now, usually for a program or the, per, uh, the PE uh, mm-hmm. response team that I'm the director of. Um, I used to be involved with operations for our division um, uh, and the program director. Um, and so usually starts off with a meeting. Um, it turns out that every Thursday or every other Thursday, I, I'm on the value analysis uh, team, which is uh, the team that sort of identifies uh, new devices that we're going to add to the hospital formulary. And uh, you have to give a business um, model essentially and a business pitch. So people will pitch, you know, I want this new catheter um, and we have to, they have to present it. We look at the financials, how is it going to save patients and how is it gonna save uh, or benefit uh, the institution. And so um, that is actually another uh, corollary of how MD uh, and MBA is useful. but uh, after my meeting, I generally uh, start my day then um, uh, with a uh, seeing the patients um, and talking with my uh, trainee of the day, um, what our cases are, um, and discussing sort of the imaging, the plan of the patient, and then the uh, procedure. And many of my procedures are venous recanalizations. Um, that's something I truly love. I love teaching about them. So um, start that or aortic disease. And so generally, they're complex type of cases. And so we start by teaching and prepping the patient, um, uh, then doing cases. Um, and so once we start the case, turn on some good music, make sure the patient uh, is comfortable, um, and everyone in the team is involved um, with the with resident um, uh, leading, leading the show, um, and me just being there to support them. Um, my day, generally, if I have a complex case, um, it's probably about an eight-hour, seven-hour case, um, and so we, uh, we have, try to have fun, um, and we try to teach, and we try to learn, and we try to help the patient and make sure everything is going very well for them. Um, after that case is done, or if it's a shorter case, we, I generally grab some food, um, uh, sit down, answer some emails, usually from, uh, from one of the groups that I belong to or about a patient, um, care. Um, uh, meet with a resident or something about research, um, and then move on to the next case, um, same th- same sort of situation. And then um, when the day is over, um, I try to make sure that uh, my patients are tucked in, the trainees are uh, uh, know what um, feel comfortable with happening within the day, and uh, have done their notes and all mm. that stuff. Um, and then generally head home for a conference call or two, <laughs> again, um, but that's uh, not uh, for everyone. Um, and then I see my, my kids, and uh, generally uh, hang out, um, watch a movie, play outside, go for dinner, mm-hmm. things like that.
0: Man of many hats. Uh, you mentioned the Venus Recan and Ortic work that you kind of specialize in and lean towards. Uh, what kind of cases and what does that actually involve?
1: Well, um, I'm at, uh, you know, I learned early on um, from my training at UVA um, what I liked and what I didn't like. And, um, you know, it, all of IR is, um, you know, even though it's a new, a new specialty, but it, it's a fairly new field, but um, there's so many different uh, parts of it. And I felt like I really um, was compelled to, to and pulled towards the vascular component. Um, mm-hmm. And I got great training in vascular IR there. And so I learned a lot about peripheral arterial disease, medical management of patients, worked with vascular surgeons, um, got, to, got exposure to the aorta um, and some IV, venous work. And um, when I went to Michigan as my first job, uh, we did a, a boatload of uh, aortic work and venous work. And so um, we do iliocable reconstructions on patients with uh, IVC agenesis or atresia. We do a lot of um, procedures um, to reestablish flow in patients who have been improperly scented or maybe have been scented and thrombosed mm-hmm. um, and got to get them back open um, so that um, we can involve, you know, improve their post-thrombotic syndrome. Um, uh, and we also do a lot of medical management of these patients, which I'm really proud of. I think I spend um, half my research time on medical therapies for patients with a uh, venous disease Um, which I think this field is so great that we can interact with so many different specialties. And um, I I learned a lot about that and ended up getting board certified in vascular medicine, which is a Mm. passion of mine. Oh, wow. Kind of bring those together. Um, The aortic work um, uh, is what really is just so cool. It's some of the most complex work in IR. Um, It is unfortunately one that has uh, sort of transitioned over more towards vascular surgery and uh, cardiac surgery, um, it's in a lot of places, but it's still very prevalent um, in, in the IR community. And at Michigan, we have a joint venture uh, with cardiac surgery, um, which I'm also in the, in the department of here. Um, so I uh, uh, am involved in uh, planning and uh, performing all the aortic procedures, the t aortic dissection, where uh, Michigan is one of the highest volume centers in the country. Um, and we're involved in a lot of trials. And so I get to do really cool stuff, um, uh, really complex things and could have great patient outcomes. And so, I mean, taking care of patients, doing cool stuff um, and having fun doing it um, <laughs> uh, with great uh, in a team based environment um, mm-hmm. is exactly sort of uh, fits uh, everything I like.
0: Yeah. And I think the culture of the place you're at is, is always really important, especially when mm-hmm. you're right, like IR touches so many different fields. and I mean, I think back to the EVAR that we did, and it was us, it was vas- or his IR, it vascular surgery, mm-hmm. it was just coming together to really optimize patient care in that regard. Um, but speaking from the trainee side, that was probably my favorite IR case that I've, I've been involved with so far. Um, haven't done a tip. but... Uh,
1: we, we had you uh, place uh, one of the stents, if, if I recall, um, the, uh, one of the iliac ones.
0: It was a blast, and I think from the medical student side of the things like that, the the opportunity to be engaged in in operations and procedures like that are, are really pivotal in deciding and figuring out what what excites you and what you know those those avenues to further explore are. So thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Every every student
1: um, uh, who does a case with me uh, should get an opportunity, and I know I learned that from my colleagues, um, my mentors and teachers. Um, some uh, some of whom were at UVA and elsewhere now, but you know getting you involved even as a medical student um i remember when i was at iu um uh, for medical school and i was on my ir rotation we were doing an IBC filter placement and uh um, himanchu uh, shah who is now the chair of radiology at iu um uh, nice. was letting me place a filter and i dropped it on the floor Gunther oh. to a love filter and i was like oh i'm done for um, he was the nicest guy. And got another one. Said, "Don't charge it to the patient." And um, it fell right onto the floor. And he's like, "That's yours to remember and never do that again." <laughs> um, and then he he let me do the procedure. And I deployed the filter. I thought I was there to, you know, watch or you know, uh, hold wire. But um, but no, he was like, "Okay, so you're up. Let's do this." And um, from yeah. those kind of models, um, you know, I like to have a medical student um, in my case, a resident, and everybody gets to do something and um i have a medical student working with me the past two weeks here and i think she's deployed uh, about 15 stents in five or six different patients and snared things and uh done a little embolization with coils so um you know can't really know what it's like um, until you do it and mm-hmm. so um, and when you do it you're like blown away um
0: yeah uh, so. yeah i think that's that's the most fun is just even just handling the wire even like being able to manipulate and and see what you're doing is there's a lot of value in it. And, and I think that's the part where for me, it finally felt like a lot of people say interventional radiology is like magic that, you know, they wizardry. Um, that's when it finally felt like it <laughs> to me to, to, to experience that. So thank you again. Um, but going on, you having a trainee on and a medical student or resident, what is, if you had to pick one case, what is your favorite case? to walk a student or resident through?
1: Wow, um, that is a tough question. Uh, there are so many great cases. Um, you know, some people, uh, I would say, God, uh, walking a student and trainee together, I think um, through is a, is a venous reconstruction for me um, because they're, again, potentially long cases, um, a chronic venous reconstruction. Um, and there's, I have multiple access points and I put uh, a resident at one and me and a student at another. Um, and we are working our way and we're talking and we're sort of reviewing the imaging and going back to the CT and, uh, you know, we there's a lot of time there to sort of teach and, uh, go through. And then when you get through the occlusion, um, there's usually, uh, some, uh, you know, snares and through and through wires and things like that. And, I know, I love the look on the face of a, a medical student who's like, wait, you just pulled a wire that's from the groin out of the arm and that's the same wire? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, yep, you did that, now you snared that. And so um, we have the opportunity to teach um, and do that at the same time. And then when it's time for stenting, um, you know, everybody's, everybody drops a, a stent um, and uh, we get to really talk about the case and all the different things using the different modalities, whether it's CT, or um, intravascular ultrasound, one of my favorites, as well as the fluoroscopic images talk about the blood flow that you see on a venogram and why it's important to, to have the collaterals and, and whatnot. So I really enjoy those cases because um, uh, you, it's, it's, a, it's not a, uh, a one and done kind of thing. It's a very sort of mm-hmm. long process. We have a lot of time to teach um, and a lot of time to go through it and, 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 and brainstorm and think about uh, what you're doing and why you're doing it. And um, I generally am talking throughout the whole case while others are doing. Um, and I think that what I would say is probably uh, one of my favorite cases uh, to go through.
0: That's incredible. And uh, I think that really having that opportunity to teach and, and learn and, and get that guidance is great for any student and, and trainee that's with you because you're really able to both see what's going on but understand the thought process and everything that goes behind it mm-hmm. as i'm learning more and more about ir it, it seems like the prep and the problem solving that comes in that goes into even just going into a case is immense how do you tackle and when you get a new case or new patient how do you tackle the pre-work and the problem solving that goes into
1: prepping it? uh i think you know what is Uh, Paramount and what we as a field that we're a little slow on doing is the true clinical evaluation of the patient. I see see all my patients in clinic um, before. Um, I review the referral, I review the pre-imaging, maybe they've had an intervention that failed at an outside hospital or uh, they're de novo here, kind of go through their process, what medications they've taken, what they've tried so far, do they wear compression stockings for venous disease. uh, what what are their symptoms using, you know, scoring models and quality of life measures, um, and what are the comorbidities? kind of really figuring out, you know, I'm going to have to put this patient under general anesthesia, is, and they have mm-hmm. um, uh, coronary artery disease, or they have shortness of breath that I'm asking them, you know, about what they're walking, they're like, oh, you know, I happen to have some chest pain, um, but that's not what really bothers me, my legs do, and I'm like, but hold on one second, you know, probably need to get that checked out, so... Really doing the thorough uh, portion of that, uh, their preoperative work is really important. Um, of course, imaging, um, whatever type of imaging that you have, I generally perform for these type of patients, CTVs, aortas, CTAs, um, sometimes for pelvic venous disease and MRV, you know, really going through that, actually going through it with the patient themselves, but myself looking very closely at, um, you know, what what am I missing um, in The films, even if they are clearly, there's an occlusion there, but what else is going on? Mm -hmm. Where's the the pattern of blood flow or which vein looks larger or which vein looks smaller and where do they come together? That planning um, is important. And then thinking about uh, the case is like, okay, where am I going to get stuck here? And kind of knowing that you're going to have trouble or where's my complication going to be in this case? Um, Sometimes you can plan for that. Um, And I think that's really, really important. That's more important than necessarily, you know, the delivery of the case sometimes, and especially in aortic uh, disease where um, planning it, um, you know, the right size devices, the right backup plan um, is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really where, where I do that. And then reviewing that with the trainee or even sometimes a colleague. I've been numerous times I've called. Uh, a junior faculty member just to get another set of eyes on uh, uh, in the middle of a procedure if i'm stuck um for pre-operative kind of thing i have called saher and fritz and dr matsumoto and uh, dave williams who i work with um here at uh, michigan on on complex venous reconstructions um and i'd say hey this is what i'm thinking of doing mind just taking a look at this and uh they're like yeah that's the right thing or you know you may want to try something else and because um, I think you're going to get hung up here from their experience, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, that's really where, where a lot of that goes into.
0: Multiple minds are are, are better than Absolute one. Team based um, approach. And exactly. And I think, you know, I actually got a firsthand uh, look at the planning and backup planning and everything uh, in a recent case I did with. Um, Dr. Farvar at, at UVA mm-hmm. who's a yeah. vascular surgeon for everyone else well, I worked with very closely. but we were yeah exactly and we were planning to do an EVAR and then a TVAR and but he had like every step planned out he had every backup plan for every step planned out um, so it was, it was incredible to see especially with endovascular work uh, how important it is to have everything in, at, at access and, and at hand for you I didn't, um, so it's great to hear that from your perspective
1: Aorta, as well. a complex aortic case yesterday where we size the stent graphs um, and size, the, uh, size it for review with the cardiac surgeons, um, and we send out an email to all to all the people involved, the IR team and the cardiac surgery team, including the trainees, and um, the sizing sort of sheet and what our planned graphs are, and then we have a section called... Uh, uh, bailout and that bailout section is like okay what else might we need if something happens mm-hmm. and thinking of that ahead of time it's in the room it's nearby and then you're just you know cautious because you know this is not not necessarily saying this for every single case but you should think about it in every single case you know even something as simple as a pick line um can go south in a certain patient and so just kind of being able to think ahead think that next step just just in case um i think has been uh, vital to um to our field and to to me really um in, in being able to safely treat patients and get them through there.
0: yeah and that's and I, it seems like that comes from both your own experience but also planning with other people in that that team approach that you really take to to the field and it seems like a lot of your cases and in the institutions that you've been at um i want to get close to wrapping up, and just kind of open the floor to anything else you'd like to share with, with the audience.
1: Um, well, I've really enjoyed this. Um, it's, uh, it's a delight for me because I, I love to teach. I love to talk about IR. I love to talk about blood vessels and vasculature. Um, I think um, for those interested in IR, for those who interact with IR, um, uh, it is really a, an amazing field. Um, and I think it's really important to get involved early um, and often, um, whether it's through the uh, Resident Fellow section of SIR, which I think is a great resource, with lots of learning videos, webinars, things like that, work on uh, research, case reports, um, uh, quality improvement projects, to just show up in, in the Angio suite um, on your days uh, that you get out early um, and, and get involved and see it. Um, but i also recommend being uh, very um, uh, focused on uh, what radiology brings to it um, which is the image Mm -hmm. guidance there's a lot of specialists who do a lot of endovascular procedures but none of them um, uh, are imaging experts as well and so that's what you uh, can bring to the table um, above and beyond Um, and uh, finally i would say Whatever you're doing in IR, um, I know not everyone is uh, as focused as I am in specifics uh, types of procedures, but I think really understanding the clinical uh, m- and alternative treatments for these patients, the clinical management, mm-hmm. and knowing, you know, the studies or knowing what the medications are for anticoagulation, just as well as those who you consult sometimes is really, really important. Um, uh, just doing a procedure is is not sustainable, um, and, and really doesn't, I think, make you as a good of a doctor for that patient. So be all in.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you're completely right. It's becoming more and more of a field of management. Uh, to highlight that, I, I at a, the most recent SIR, there was a talk about um, someone who did a crit care fellowship on top of their, their IR training and how it significantly helped outcomes and and their entire perspective on managing patients um, so I think that's a important approach and, and understanding to have for the field moving forward and for students moving forward um,
1: absolutely I, uh, I don't I wonder if that's one of our UV our fellows with past Desai, who is currently doing a critical care fellowship at uh, uh uh, Brigham and Women's after he did his IR fellowship, or IR independent print training, um, and he is, uh, you know, uh, going to be a amazing um, interventional radiologist uh, when he starts his career, um, but there's many people who have done that or who are doing that and, um, you know, doing another fellowship in pediatric IR or something to that effect to take, you know, understand that. Um, I, I did my own sort of training in uh, getting board certified in vascular medicine and I actually talk more about the uh, complex antithrombotic therapy of patients after venous interventions than I do the venous interventions themselves now.
0: Wow, yeah, and it's you. The more you're trained, the more exposure you have, the more you learn, the better your patients. And the more will, you get interested
1: to, to learn more.
0: And the last thing I want to do is, you mentioned uh, SIR and the RFS, and I also want to highlight the medical student council uh, opportunities Absolutely. on there. Uh, We'll drop a link to that in the description as well to this video. But Dr. Kaja, thank you so much.
1: uh, Thank you, uh, Sonny, for inviting me, um, giving me the opportunity to share um, uh, my experiences. And it's been really a, a fun time.
0: We hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, let us know. We always appreciate all the shares on social media. So keep those coming. Until next time.